Shannon Deere, the Assistant Dean of Graduate Programs at Mays Business School. Welcome to Mays Mastercast. And Ben and I are here. We're going to talk a little bit about the episode that we have coming up, which is a real treat for you. Today we have Didi Wanguma with us, and you get to hear a lot about her experiences in the full-time MBA program. She's a second year in our program, as well as her experiences on her internship this summer. Ben, there's a couple of things that she says in the episode that we need to make sure guests know what they mean. So the first one is CPG. You want to tell us what that stands for? It stands for Consumer Packaged Goods. We also spent some time talking about Venture Challenge. Uh, you want to tell the guests what sure. to what, a little bit about what that is? Sure. So Venture Challenge is something that our first year students do in their spring semester. And it is basically a consulting project for startup companies. It's a partnership with our McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship and the full-time MBA program. And so you get to consult for new companies and their owners and really make an impact on those businesses. Great. And then also we touch briefly on the Capstone Project. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? All of our students do and all of our MBA programs have a Capstone experience where they consult for a more developed company. So it's similar to Venture Challenge. It's just a longer experience. It's over the 15 weeks of their last semester and consulting for a more established company. I love every episode that we record, but this one, we talked about vulnerability, the need to go to the other end of the spectrum and be tough sometimes. Um, we talked about a lot of really interesting things. Uh, I think the whole idea of a show like this is to find out about people, find out about what makes them essentially them. And I feel like we got to Dee Dee's heart, so to speak. Absolutely. She's fantastic. She really, she is fantastic. So we'll go ahead and go into Dee Dee's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Maze Mastercast. I'm your host, Ben Wiggins, and I am joined this morning by Dee Dee Wanguma. Dee Dee, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? It's great. I'm, I'm great. It's good to have you here. So you are a current student in the Maze full-time MBA program. Tell me a little bit before we before we launch into everything. Tell me just a little bit about what your MBA experience has been like so far. Uh, so far, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, lots of highs, some lows, you know. But overall, it's been a great experience, in yes. my opinion. Yeah. One one of the highs was uh, a significant success in this year's venture challenge. Your team placed second overall. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What, what was that experience like? Uh, I loved Venture Challenge. I worked with um, two other second years, Alistair and Steven Lawson. And so um, given that we were only a three-person team, I think um, we were seen as possibly underdogs because we had like so, so few of us. But I think that ultimately worked in our advantage just because it's easier to coordinate with three people than it is to coordinate with four or five. And so I think our experience from start to finish wasn't as bumpy as what I think was is typically experienced in Venture Challenge. Um, we worked really well together. I think Alistair and Steven are great teammates and they public speaking is not their their weakness, if that is to say the least. <laughs> and so I feel like that's more of my fear. And so I think that they did a great job working with me in the beginning where I had some reservations where I was a little bit more shy and we practiced a ton. Um, and they were very patient, very, very like kind about it. And then I think we just balanced each other out really well. And I, th and I think we ended up at the end when we presented, there was a lot of confidence um, from all three of us in the room. I think that really helped. Um, to our advantage. That's great. Any any tips for future MBA students, whether they're in a smaller group or in a larger group? As far as venture challenge? Yes. 
be patient, be open, lots of communication. I think that's for any team in general, not just for Venture Challenge, but communication goes a long way. And the more you work together and help build each other up, as far as like that confidence level, um, I think the better your outcome will be. I'm, I'm totally with you yeah. on both the communication and building each other up. It, it makes, I think a lot of people... I think one of our failures sometimes in business is to think that business is a zero sum game. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not true. It's definitely not true. And like interpersonal communication, when you compliment someone else, something, something I realized about people is that you can discover what's important to a person and the kind of person that they want to be by the compliments they pay. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so let's jump into our uh, icebreaker question that we ask of all of our guests. What is your favorite superpower? Ooh, well, first of all, I watch a lot of movies, so I can think of a ton that I, I, I would want to have. But I think right now I would say my favorite would be telepathy, the ability to read minds. That's a powerful that's a powerful superpower. So I think I would want to know um, what people are thinking at all times and then choose whether or not I want to, you know, you know, take advantage of that. But for the most part, you know, I think it would just be fun to see, like, what are people thinking versus what they're saying and just, you know, getting to know people in that that way. It's funny you say that because our guests who have listened to the teaser episode will know telepathy would be my choice really? too. Yes. See, you know, do you watch a lot of Marvel movies? I Yes. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, I finally got to Infinity War last week. How'd you feel? Well, I'm broken, I guess. Really? <laughs> broken inside. Um, but, uh, but not... Not in a bad way. Like the point of movies is to make us feel things mm-hmm. and that's, and not always to make us feel good things. Sure. We want to, I think one of the reasons we watch movies and TV, read books mm-hmm. is to explore our emotional horizons, mm-hmm. I guess, so to speak, and to push our boundaries and to feel things that we haven't felt before. And that can be an awkward thing for me sometimes because I'm not a feeler by nature. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a thinker. But but movies and TV make me feel things, and sometimes that's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Um, so at the end of that film, I won't offer any spoilers. Although I think if you haven't seen Infinity War at this point, I, th- I feel like I'm the last horse across the line. So I feel like we probably could spoil it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but uh, I will say things get dark in certain places in that film. I'm sure you'll agree. Yes. So how did you feel? Um, you I'm very similar to how you feel. So I'm. I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit of a feeler, but it's just I'm awkward. I'm an emotionally awkward person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I express myself through movies a lot, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War, I, I feel it didn't make me as sad as I thought it would because um, I heard a lot about it. And so I was okay. kind of de- preparing to be like a little bit depressed afterwards. But makes sense. Um, it wasn't as bad. I think there's if you think that that's the end and all the people that somewhat. I'm not going to spoil it, but right. if you think that's the end, I feel like you're you haven't watched a ton of Marvel movies. I feel like there's a lot going on that are left unsaid. Like there's a lot of cliffhangers in that movie. Sure. So it, I didn't, it, I wasn't sad. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, I get that. Now, so you, you said something that, that fascinated me a second ago. You mentioned that you're an emotionally awkward person. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I feel that female business people, that women in business, mm-hmm. one of the challenges that they have to deal with that in a way that men do not is I feel like there are all of these extra expectations Mm -hmm. that are applied to women in business. You don't just have to be good at your job. You have to be good at your job and you have to do this and you have to do that. Or you're thought of as either soft Mm -hmm. or a B word Mm -hmm. or there's just all these other things that you have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Has that been your experience? And what are some of the challenges that you faced being a woman in a male dominated field? 
Oh yeah. Um, I think all, all of what you said is true. My personal challenge is finding the balance between knowing when it's okay to be a little bit soft and a little bit more vulnerable, but at the same time, knowing when you don't need to be that way. And so I think that's been a lifelong challenge of mine, but especially since entering into the MBA program and then even into the workforce this summer, um, even a little bit before I came into the MBA program, I think that's always been a little bit of a challenge, just finding that balance. So like you don't want to come off like a B word. Sometimes it's required. Sometimes it's okay. Um, and you can be a little bit tough and sometimes people need tough love. But then I think other times having that human side, I think influences people just a little bit better than what the, op- the opposite would do. So if you have to err one way or the other, from what you just said, it sounds like you would rather err toward the softer side and being more emotionally intelligent and more emotionally aware of people. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Emotional, well, emotional intelligence is, is important for, for anybody, not male or female, True. but I think as I'm getting older, I think I'm learning to appreciate that side a little bit more, but naturally I do sway in the opposite direction. Right. So now your competitive side has come out in terms of athletics Mm -hmm. as well. You were you were a talented athlete for uh, the UTA Mavericks. Mm -hmm. Um, How has that influenced you as a business person? Oh, basketball's influenced me in many ways. I think I've learned to appreciate that the older I get as far as discipline, um, accountability, responsibility and just working with people and caring about people. All of those are the most important lessons that I've still implement in the business world. So when you're on teams, it's not just about you. And I think if you haven't worked on teams or maybe, I don't know, whatever your experiences are leading up to when you're working in the real world, I think people tend to think about me first and what I need, what I want. And that's the biggest mistake I think that a lot of people make. So working with teams and being on sports, I realize it's not just about you. And I think you get to the end, you get to your goal a lot quicker when you think outside of yourself, not only just looking at the big picture for the company, but looking at the big picture for your team. Your results are a lot better that way. And then as far as like that accountability aspect, that's important. It's just when you make mistakes, own it. When you do something great, it's okay to, you know, congratulate yourself a little bit sometimes. So I think it's just that little bit of both of those help me um, in the real world. One of the things I love about basketball is you can learn. It's another area where you can learn so much about someone just by watching the decisions they make. And it's especially true in the macro sense. Like Mm -hmm. when you get to, you know, at the pro level, for example, when you get to watch the arc of someone's career and watch how the decisions that they make change over Mm -hmm. time, Bill Walton said something uh, once the great basketball player said the highest level of basketball, this is in Bill Simmons book of basketball. Bill Walton said the highest level of basketball, the highest level of anything really comes Mm -hmm. down to one question. Can you make the choice that your happiness will come from someone else's success? Mm-hmm. And knowing how Bill Walton's career unfolded and being, you know, basically the greatest sixth man of all time on mm-hmm. Larry Bird's Celtics in the 80 in, you know, the 86 Celtics, maybe the greatest team mm-hmm. ever. It's it's a fascinating thing. No, that's deep. It's real. I think I remember when we first started at Maze and during NBA Core, um, I think it was either Shannon or Amber that said, Everybody in this room, you're all you all came from different backgrounds, but you're all stars and coming into a place where you have all stars or all type A people. Not everyone's going to be the rock star. Sometimes you have to sit back and be a role player. And can you be okay with that? Can you let someone else shine, but still do that in a way that is constructive for everyone? Can you be happy for someone else and be happy for your team and not just think about yourself? And I think that's that's real. That's deep. And I think that's what you learn from sports is can you be a role player? Has it been your experience that the best leaders are the ones who are most able to find ways to serve the other members of the team? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Um, I think back in college at UTA, just a lot of you have obvious leaders like the captains. That's obvious. That's given. Mm -hmm. But what you do notice when you look closely is the people that don't necessarily have those titles or the people that aren't necessarily in the spotlight are the ones that are actually the most influential and the most impactful on the team. Mm -hmm. And so it's just silent heroes. So so let's zoom out for a second. Let's go broad with this advice. What would you tell someone coming into an MBA program? It could be something related to that or it could be something different. Um, you know, an incoming student, what advice would you have for them? Uh, advice I would have based on my experience is get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone, if that makes sense. Because everybody knows that you want, everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to push their limits, but very few actually do. And so I think coming into the MBA program, when you when you have those opportunities to do something that you wouldn't normally do, or you get presented with an opportunity that you would normally turn down, I think say yes and just be open to it and embrace it. Don't run away from it. Sure. What was the way that you got out of your comfort zone? Oh, Lord, there's a lot of ways. Um, I think starting from Crychecks class, Stand and Delivers, where normally I don't like to, I don't, I'm nervous when it comes to public speaking in general, but doing it on the fly is even scarier. So I think that was out of my comfort zone. And you have to volunteer for that. He doesn't pick you. So again, that's getting out of your comfort zone. Volunteer to do those things. I think another aspect was case competitions. Working with teams isn't a problem. Like that's something easy for me, but it's being able to work on a project that's somewhat, it could be heavy, it could be light, depending on what the project is, but in a time limited or time sensitive space and then be comfortable stepping out on in a stage or in a, in a setting and presenting to judges that have tons of experience above you and are critiquing you and judging you and being able to present yourself confidently. That was out of my comfort zone as well. So I think all of these little opportunities are obviously related to public speaking and being able to really just say, I can do it. I can do it. Yes, I'll do it. I think that was many, a lot of the opportunities that I had in the program that I stepped outside of my comfort zone. It paid off. I feel like all those opportunities led up to Venture Challenge. All those opportunities led up to my summer internship. If I hadn't said yes to all of those situations and all those moments, I don't think I would have been as comfortable in the end. So tell us a little bit about that summer internship. You were an associate brand manager intern at Kimberly Clark. Mm -hmm. Your LinkedIn says you identified new innovative ideas to drive brand growth based on analysis and long-term vision that was predicted to increase share of a $6 billion brand by 4%. Mm -hmm. This was all uh, done with senior leadership. So tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yeah. My summer internship was centered around brand management, so it was different. It was challenging, but it was so much fun. I worked with not only my specific brand team, I was on Huggies Diapers, um, which is something that was entirely new for me just because I have never shopped for diapers. I've never walked down the diaper aisle intentionally. Um, so being able to really embrace that this summer, working with the team, working with executives to come up with three recommendations on how they can grow share um, in that diaper space. And Part of that was part of my first project. The second project was centered on hospitals. So pretty much it was open ended to where they were just like, come up with ideas. What can we do? We know that this space is declining. So how can we stand out? What can we do that's different than what we haven't done? And so um, really embracing that. And at some some point, I, I very few people know this story, but my team, but I actually bought a fake pregnant belly um, over the uh -huh. summer to really embrace my project because I felt like. I don't know. I, I don't have a child, so I don't know if really feel connected. So I bought that fake belly. I walked around Walmart one weekend shopping for diapers and putting myself in the space of what a expected mom would feel. I don't think it was as realistic um, as what the true experience would be, but it, it helped me 
connect to my project more. And I think that's what ultimately helped me present uh, my project in the end. And I really was connected to, I really felt that passion. And I got a lot of compliments from senior leadership from my brand team in the end was, it wasn't just about my project. It wasn't about the recommendations, but they said that they felt my passion. They felt I would truly care and I was connected and they were right. So was, was there, did you have a breakthrough moment like when you were walking around Walmart with the belly on and so forth? What was the most in the biggest inspiration that came into your mind during that process? It was the emotional aspect. So really having that fake belly, which number one, I can only imagine what it's really like. It was really hard to find clothes that would fit my belly because obviously for reasons that are obvious, but walking down that aisle, I felt like it was overwhelming. It was very confusing. I was hot. So like, I felt like this is a lot to deal with. There's a real problem here, not just with my brand, but just in the category as a whole. And I remember coming back and talking about that with my manager and saying, the diaper all is very confusing. Like you don't, when you're looking at different brands, whether it's our brand or others, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what sizes are. I don't know what, what's going on. And so whenever we talked about it, he was like, no, you're right. He's like, that is a problem. It's a problem in the category and it's a problem for us. And mm. I actually ended up speaking on a project that was currently going on that I wasn't intentionally a part of. And that was a redesigning the entire package of diapers for that specific reason, saying that we know that this is a problem in the category, but we're focused on what can Huggies do? We're redesigning our packages to make it easier for mom. And so you touch on something that I initially wasn't even supposed to be a part of. And so I thought that that was really cool. And I got to be a part of that and seeing that unfold, which will be at the end of the year, like I got to be a part of that. I saw, sat in on those meetings. I saw the design team make a lot of those, those packaging designs. So. That's fantastic. So from your internship, what do you think was the most important counterintuitive thing that you learned? Something that you wouldn't have thought to be true from your internship or or from your first year in the program? It's something that, well, it's not necessarily unexpected, but something that really, really rang true for me was how important it is to know yourself. Mm. And I think um, this summer I learned a lot about myself in terms of it's okay to be you. It's okay to be true to you. And I think you're your confidence comes from being yourself and standing firm in that. So not necessarily just like the networking aspect and talking to people and getting to know people, but I felt like I was more confident in the end. I stayed true to myself and I thought, what, what do I think? What would I do? And then not necessarily what, what only what I think, but talking to people and genuinely caring about what is your opinion on this situation? What's your opinion on my recommendations? And really actually taking the time to understand like, from their point of view, what they were giving to me and accepting that feedback, not always implementing it, but still it's the fact that I genuinely cared about what was going on around me. I genuinely cared about my own thoughts and I thought what I had to say was important. So I think if I hadn't done that, if I second guessed myself, if I want, if I went in being something, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all trying to be an all-star in a space that I know nothing about. I don't think any of that would have happened in the I, end. I agree with what you said a second ago about hearing the feedback and then sometimes saying, I understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep doing things the way that I have been doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are times when it's, it's, it's important to hear all feedback Mm -hmm. well, but I'm with you in that sometimes I think real maturity comes from when we can hear it and hear it for what it is and then occasionally say, I respect that, but I disagree. Exactly. So what do you plan to do after graduation and how do you feel your internship and your first year and all these things that you've learned? How do you feel that that will help prepare you for what you're going to be doing? After graduation, I plan to pursue my career in brand management. So similar to my internship, I want to go in that direction full time. I realize I found my passion. I know what I want to do. I was already confident in brand management before my internship, but during the summer, it really reinforced that 
this is what I meant to do. This is what I enjoy doing. This is what I love doing. So Mm -hmm. I think right after we have recruiting season coming up next month. So again, it's pursuing associate brand management positions um, in CPG. Um, I'm open to other industries, but I think that that's really where my heart is. And so after graduation, I I just plan on staying in that direction, staying that during that course. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you had to rejuvenate a brand that maybe wasn't doing so well, Mm -hmm. where would you start? I don't want to, I don't want to call anyone out, but (laughs) I would say in KC, there was one brand that wasn't directly connected to my brand, but Kleenex used to have these um, go anywhere packs that Mm -hmm. they discontinued. And I thought that they were a fantastic idea and I love them. And during the summer when I went out of my way to like interview a couple of expectant parents and professionals um, at hospitals, I've I remember like three or four people mentioning our Kleenex go anywhere packs and they were saying like, I can't find them anywhere. They used to be at Target and I don't know where they are, but I loved them. Hmm. And I thought in my head, like, I know I love them too. And you guys felt the same way, but yet they were discontinued. And so I think if I could bring back any brand or any product, that would be the product that I would throw in there is let's, let's bring that back. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder why that was, I, I have no idea why it was discontinued, but. I know. I, I hinted at it. My One of my recommendations was inspired by Kleenex Go Anywhere packs. I mentioned that, so I threw hints out there. So. What industry do you believe has the most potential for growth right now? To say tech would be obvious. I know CPG's struggling right now, but I think if companies within that space were to make a few adjustments, I know even with a com- e-commerce coming up with private label being the, the huge competitor right now, I think there is still opportunities to pivot and, and succeed. Um, I don't think a lot of people have the right mindset because I, I, I noticed that not just within my internship, I, I know it's elsewhere too. A lot of companies where there are people jumping shit because they feel like, well, CPG's dying and there's no way we can win against Amazon. There's no way we can win against private label um, with Costco and everything like that. And so a lot of people are, are running out, but I think that it's not necessarily something to fear. I think it's a way if you pivot and you still, if you pivot and you make the right decision, I think you can still succeed even in CPG. That's great. Let's move to some rapid fire questions. Okay. What do you consider your most valuable failure? It's it's going to be a little bit private, but first semester here in the program, one like my team initially, my first team broke up. I oh. think that was my most valuable failure because I think that's something that I don't think has happened really within the program. So it was a big deal and it was really awkward and a lot of happened from that. But I think what brought me to where I am now was still thinking that I never wanted that to happen again. And what were the mistakes that were made that I could do differently moving forward with every team I'm ever on? So I'm going to push you a little bit, even though this is a rapid fire question. Mm-hmm. So were there any mistakes that you made that you felt were particularly important to learn from in oh, that of process? Course. It's the communication aspect. So I think when I was talking about being receptive to what people have to say, and you can choose whether or not you want to do something about it, but still being open and always listening to different point of views, I wish I would have did that more um, because I think that would have been important to change the direction of where we were headed. We could have still broken up in the end. We could have stayed together. I don't know. Um, we'll never know. But being more open and just going the extra mile to really, really like exhaust every effort to like work things out, communicate, understand each other. Yeah. What do you think is people's biggest misconception of you? Probably I'm aggressive. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with when I talked about sometimes I can come off not as vulnerable as what people would like. Okay. I think also too, it's an appearance thing. I'm six two. And when I'm thinking, especially my thinking face, I'm never, I'm usually not smiling. And so I think it just, I look a lot more aggressive and meaner than I actually am. And so, yeah. I struggle with resting bro face. <laughs> yeah. If you could have anyone as a mentor for one day, who would it be? Oh, this is a very basic, basic answer, but Beyonce. Oh, I really would just because, well, she, not only is she a fellow Virgo, but 
she works hard, man. Like no she, her hustle is strong. No question. So I'd want to shadow her for a day. Yeah. When you finish here at Texas A&M, what will be your fondest memory of everything that's happened so far? Obvious venture challenge. Um, I just, I loved that experience so much. I love mm -hmm. my team so much when I worked with them. And then just the random moments in the hallway, if that makes sense. So not one particular memory, but just laughing in the hallways, like with me and my friends, like just, we wouldn't even say anything to each other. We would do like random dances. We'd high five in between classes. Like <laughs> there wasn't any preliminary conversation. We would just like walk up and say like, Hey girl. And then like slap or like the guys would be like, Oh, what's up? And we would just like do shimmies. It's it's so weird and awkward. and doesn't make sense. But just those moments of like laughing in between classes. My my team got a lot of uh, opportunity for random discussions in the hallways at Venture Challenge because we were eliminated in the first cut. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's close with some uh, some good bull. Uh, just an opportunity to recognize someone else for something great that they've done mm -hmm. anytime recently. Do you have any good bull for anybody? Let's see. Good bulls, I would say automatically Ryan Hubbard. He's in. A, he's one of the second years. I think the effort that he puts in, in including everyone, um, not only from tailgates to games to happy hours, but he he really genuinely cares and he wants to, everybody to have a good time. And so he, he puts a lot of effort in bringing everyone together. And I think uh, um, along with that would be Hudson Dunn. He's another second year. Yeah. He's really, really on a mission to make sure that first years feel included. Um, so it's not just about us, but it's it, he wants everyone to have a good time. He wants the first years to feel like we're there for them, that we're mentoring them. And he he keeps us all accountable. So he'll message people from time to time and say, hey, are you going to this event or this event? The first years need to see us. The first years need to talk to us. Make sure you're there. So. Uh, have you guys gotten into your capstone project for the final semester yet? Yeah, this. How yes. How far are you into it? Few days. So we had our first meeting last week, um, and so we were given our projects. We were given um, some of our roles, responsibilities, and we know the timelines and deliverables. I think we're all. It's kickstarting this week, so starting today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That'll be a great experience. Yes. All right. Well, I, I guess that closes us out for today. So, uh, Didi, thanks so much for your time. It's really been uh, it's really been fun talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. All right. That'll close us out. And uh, today's episode has been brought to you by Huggies, the best diapers in the business. <laughs> today, give your child a Huggy. Oh, yeah. All right, Ben, we got to listen to Didi's episode here and hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. What were some things about Didi's episode that really resonated with you? The discussion about vulnerability, I think, was particularly uh, resonant for me. I, I enjoyed talking about, uh, you know, the superpower question is always a great one. Um, I liked her. She surprised me a little bit talking about the most valuable failure that uh, it was uh, I was surprised to hear, especially considering what a team player she seems to be. I was surprised to hear that her team um, broke up. I'm, you know, I'm sure the circumstances were extreme, but uh, for to admit something like that is it really takes a lot of character. What were what parts did you enjoy the most? Well, I mean, I was there when her team broke up. Obviously, at the time, I was the director of the full time MBA program, and so walked that journey with them. And it was really difficult. It was it was hard for them. It was emotionally challenging for all of them. And it did feel like a failure at the moment, but it was us being there with them and saying, Hey, this is, this is okay. It's going to be fine. And you're going to learn from it. And, and they really did. And I think for Didi, it was particularly disorienting. That may not be the right word, but because she had been on so many successful teams, she did play college basketball. She actually 
went to Switzerland and played professionally for a while and was on really successful, strong, solid teams. And I can remember her being in my office and saying, I don't understand why this isn't working because I've got I've got teams down. And I wasn't sure if she was going to bring up that experience, but I was I was glad that she did because it was really challenging and being there with her in that in that experience and seeing her use the things that she knew about teams to try to work through that that struggle and then apply it to very successful teams that she's had since then. I'm really glad that she brought it up, too, because we talked on the show about how movies and books are supposed to make us feel things and they're supposed to help us, you know, explore our characters and explore what's possible for us in terms of thinking and feeling. And at its best, uh, the podcast medium is supposed to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to help you understand life and understand people and understand yourself. There's not a right answer to a question like that. There's only the true answer. And you always hope that someone will give you the true answer. Absolutely. And in our MBA programs, and this is something that even as a leader in our graduate programs, I've had to learn is that we have a a slogan, a strategic theme, which is discover, transform, impact. And the, the broader theme of that is discover your power, transform the future, impact our world. And there's a lot in that that we can unpack over the course of this podcast. But The thing that I've had to learn as a leader in the MBA programs and in the graduate programs in general is that our students don't come to us fully baked. We often use that word. They don't come to us completely done. And so Didi, who had these great experiences on teams, still needed some additional work around teams. And it was, you know, she had been on a team with a really unified, solid goal as a basketball player. And that's different in an MBA program. And so Knowing that our students don't come to us already done, already, and none of us are, right? We, I mean, we all come to life not already done, but that they don't come to us completely done and that we get to really transform their lives and the way that they act as a leader is really powerful. And and that someone out there listening, thinking about coming to one of our graduate programs might think, oh, I'm not good enough at this yet. Well, that's why you come to a graduate program is you get to learn how to be good enough at that. Didi also mentioned uh, Professor Krychek's class. Mm-hmm. John Krychek uh, teaches communications, uh, both spoken and written. And his class is really fun and really challenging, as she mentioned. So a shout out to him as well. Anything else we need to talk through? If I could have written the answer for her, which we don't, uh, was when you asked her the most surprising thing that she learned or kind of the most um, the thing she wasn't expecting to learn. And she talked about learning about knowing herself. And that's where in our strategic theme, the discover piece comes in is really discovering who you are. And hopefully that translates into discovering this new confidence that you have, which she talked about as well. But just discovering yourself, there's an activity that some of our graduate programs do, which is be known for. And it's, what do you want to be known for? You're about to go on this internship. You're about to go work full time. What do you want to be known for? And what do you need to dial up to get there? And what do you need to dial down to get there? And she talked mm. a lot about that. And and she even talked about, I'm going to, I'm going to know these things about myself and choose not to dial them up or dial them down because they're what make me unique. They're what make me able to see more about the company to make these recommendations that are uniquely mine. And I've, I've loved to watch students go through that. I think that's really neat when one of our students can say, I hear you and I'm going to find a way to maximize that, to capitalize on who I am. 
there were two big nuggets for me coming into the program. The first one was when Dr. Devers said that so many people show up eager to show how smart they are. Instead, focus on being thirsty to learn. Focus on inputs rather than outputs in terms of your experience here. That was a big one for me. And the other one, I'm going to give you guys the any perspective in incoming students. I'm going to give you guys the cheat code for your academic work. Another professor, I forget who said this one, but another professor told us once you sort for GMAT scores and prior GPA and all that sort of thing, the biggest variable that influences success in the program is time spent with professors in office hours. And you have to make you may have to make appointments to make that happen, but get with your professors and do it in a way that they understand that you really want to learn. So tie those two pieces of advice together, focus on inputs, focus on learning and get with your professors, because especially one on one, they can really help you do that outside the classroom as well as in the classroom. And we intentionally keep our graduate program small here at Mays so that you do get that really solid interaction with your professors and so take advantage of it. One more thing I want to say, you talked about the biggest indicator of success and there was a study done at PwC a while ago and they were trying to figure out what is the characteristic or experience that leads to the most success at their firm. And they didn't find any variables that had correlation with success, except participation in a team sport. Oh. And so it was really interesting listening to Dee Dee talk about her experiences in team sport. I know you played college football, and someday we might get to talk about that a little bit more. But I did not play on a varsity sport. I played a water polo, but we were club. We tried to go varsity, and they took equestrian varsity instead. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I am bitter um, still, <laughs> however many years later. But uh-huh. yeah, a great experience and, and getting to hear her talk about that was really neat too. I'm going to close this out with a quote. I did find the quote that I was looking for from James Mishner. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between her work and her play, his labor and his leisure, her mind and her body, his information and his recreation, love and religion. They hardly know which is which. They simply pursue their vision of excellence at whatever they do, leaving others to decide whether they are working or playing. To him, to her, they're always doing both. Very nice. All right. Thanks for listening to our episode today. I don't think we could top that quote, so we'll end there. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you to our production team, producer Kyle Ackerman, executive producer Shannon Deer, and the hosts of the Mindless Millennials podcast and pre-launch executive producer Bailey Mullins. Give the Mindless Millennials podcast a listen. You'll find the Mindless Millennials show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, mindlessmillennials.com, or wherever you find your podcast content.